Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for a special episode, this time a video recorded episode, a visual to give you guys from for Geese Weights and T-Bone Steaks. Okay, it's myself, um, our old guest Harris with our new guest, Aki. Okay, so gentlemen, how's life been during uh, during COVID? What, what has it been up to, been training? Uh, no, I haven't been training much at all, unfortunately, yeah. but um, still just working from home full time, so that hasn't slowed down, but... Um, I've been doing a little bit of safe training, um, yeah. smashing plates, food plates, <laughs> plates. Greek style. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. You guys miss wrestling? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Mm. Big time. Going so, for a jog just isn't the same as exactly having a good wrestle. Double leg and take someone down. And exactly. Put him into a to a bulldog yep. or a headlock. Yeah, not the yeah. same. Uh, Beating mental a man workout. into yeah. submission. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing, nothing like wrestling with a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like hugging a man that you know you can't replicate. Uh, so, Ark, mm. one of the reasons that we brought you in here is the fact that you've also grown up under tutelage of the great Sam Parker. Yeah. Um, so, tell us about your experience with wrestling, uh, especially with wrestling when with one of the greats of Australian wrestling, Sam Parker himself. Yeah. Well. I got into it uh, through our mutual friend, Aaron. Um, Aaron and I went to high school together and I was doing a bit of MMA when I was in year 12. And then yeah. um, I couldn't do it anymore because it was too far away and I was busy studying. And he said, why don't you come check out wrestling? How long ago was this? This was uh, 2012. So. Oh, wow. Man, eight years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I did. And yeah, just kind of stuck with it. Really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, Sam Parker is a crazy character. Yeah. Very old school style. Um, not a ton of positive reinforcement. So when you get it, you're like, oh. it's a, <laughs> yeah. you got to really crave that validation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That validation feels good. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, what, what he can at times lack in emotional warmth, he makes up for in supreme competence. Mm -hmm. and yeah. He, and he cares about his wrestlers. I joke about it, but he, mm -hmm. he definitely cares about his wrestlers. So um yeah it's been a very positive experience for me i love the the mental challenge of it and the physical challenge of it it, it keeps me healthy and do you enjoy it do you I, enjoy competing as like do, do i think you find so it fun i think so <laughs> i know harris you love competing man like yeah, when, when i was fit there's yeah. nothing worse than competing when you're not fit yeah yeah <laughs> do you feel like it's um it's an obligation though do you feel like uh um, like a chore like you know a job you don't want to do no i spoke about this last time when i first started competing i loved it and then it came to a point where i was competing just to compete not because mm. i wanted to mm. but i think that fell on myself gaining too much weight cutting weight and you know just having a real real mm. shit experience you know yeah i mean um, yeah uh, I, the way i think about it is i never regret like competing afterwards. yeah uh, you never wish you hadn't mm. or that's my experience anyway like sometimes going into it you're like what the fuck <laughs> and like on the day you're like this is like really hard but um yeah i feel like comparatively it kind of like makes real life easy because mm. wrestling is so grueling yeah um that's one of the things i kind of appreciate that I've got from wrestling is that yeah. that that kind of stress level and stuff can make other, you know, regular stresses in life seem fa fairly manageable. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if Nick would, was here, we'd be able to talk about the fact that. Are you um, where is he, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> had obligations, had a lot of obligations to fulfill. Um, he's actually in high demand as a, as a strength coach and a PT at the moment, so he had to yep. uh, attend to a very important client, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But Harris, myself, and Nick last podcast was talking about the fact that 
that transference of, I guess you can say, um, dedication and self-belief mm. that you get through being able to pull off um, what we was it backflips can yeah. actually transfer into other areas of your life. Funnily enough, you know, because um, I don't know, I'm doing my MBA now, mm. and I did a study on um, a certain kind of behavior type and management regarding high management situation. Mm. And for these high level um, executive sales jobs, hiring ex elite athletes um, is actually quite profitable as a business because the fact that they do have that kind of certain mindset. Mm. And they've learned that in their elite sports and be now being able to apply that within a corporate setting mm. to increase profits for the company and mm. you know be successful in life and that kind of stuff. That's great. And it's interesting what you mentioned about the benefit it has on kids as well, mm. because you see kids that uh, come up against adversity and they're not required to push through and overcome mm. it. And the negative effect it has on their development is enormous. Mm. You know, I've seen kids um, where you know, they get their first job and they can't make it or they're, they're stressing out about it and mom calls ahead and says, oh, so-and-so is not going to make it. Or, you know, if you're constantly getting bailed out, mm. like, I don't know, I don't like answering the phone. I don't like mm. doing this. And these kind of parents that, um, you know, classic like helicopter mom that just tries yeah. to shield your kid from any form of real world mm. stress, adversity or, or challenge. And then, um, you know, they're left largely unable to be independent mm. um and it's just yeah kind of this massive um crutch where they they ha don't know that they haven't tasted mm. being feeling stressed or feeling yeah. scared doing it anyway coming out the other side and mm. seeing that it was all worth it they haven't had a taste i think i mean i i talk about it as like an emotional immune system mm -hmm. so if you're not ever emotionally challenged mentally physically challenged and come out the other end or, you know, fought it off. Therefore, when it comes to an actual real life situation where you are in charge of a family, in charge mm. of a business or a company, mm. or even a job, when you face that kind of adversity, because you have no reference point on how to overcome that, yeah. then you'll struggle even more. Mm. So giving kids these physical and mental challenges, which pushes their mental and physical barrier to a slight edge is actually good for them in, in, in later parts of their life. Having a child participate in sports at a young age gives them not only confidence, but also the ability to attack confrontation. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think training with Sam mm. has given everyone a thick skin and you're able to deal oh, yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but the thing is you're able to, I find a lot of kids nowadays have anxiety, especially when it comes to confrontation. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I find that I mean, training- I it's against our human nature, right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're not built for that. We're, we're built to defend ourselves against that. Yeah. Especially in, I'm sorry, this day and age where everyone is so offended from the simple things. Yeah. You know, this offends me, that offends me. And they find a way to be offended. Yeah. And having that emotional immune system and having that, that, that sense of confrontation is something that is not trained mm. or that is not, uh, I guess you can say, um, stimulated. Yeah, but you have to go out of your way to be able to, to face things in life, you know, because nothing's going to be handed to anyone. Um, and I realized that a lot of friends that I have that suffer anxiety, mm. possibly didn't participate in sports when they were younger. Yeah, so they're exposed. Exactly. And the thing is, when it comes to confrontation, they mm. can't handle it because it triggers their anxiety. And that's exactly. a, it's a difficult thing. If you know anyone that has, you know, bad anxiety, um, mm. you can see just how much impacts them in their personal life as mm. well as their working capabilities, you know? Yeah. And I think that having a sport or an outlet is so important to a child because it doesn't just build uh, confidence in them. It allows them to be stable with their own anxieties, mm. um, insecurities, and helps them build character with, confront, you know, confrontation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I found as well sort of the, the only 
yeah. perhaps not a cure, but yeah. um, kind of remedy. way, yeah, <laughs> remedy or, yeah. you know, um, for things that stress me out or make me feel anxious, uh, the only way I've found to reduce that feeling is repetition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I the more exposed you are. Yeah. 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 I haven't. I can't figure anything else out. So the more wrestling competitions I did, mm. each one was less stressful than the one before mm. because I was getting used to familiar yeah. with the situation. I knew, you know, I was finally my body realized yeah. that I'm not in a fight for my life. That mm. I'm just playing a sport. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that repetition is that's the the only thing I've found that that um, starts to you know get you comfortable in these very uncomfortable situations um and it was the same with work like going into important meetings mm. and feeling stressed out about them and the more i did them and mm. made myself do them not you know shirk your mm. responsibility and uh, can you do this can you do that or not show up yeah um the easier it got and so i think that's part of the yeah. benefit of pushing through that and the, the anxiety and the fear is always the worst part yeah <laughs> who like you know for for the back to the wrestling analogy because mm. we've been using it so much like what's the worst thing that's going to happen mm. you lose you think you look silly no one cares <laughs> everyone forgets in two days life goes on you yeah sam's disappointed in you you wrestle in spandex and you're worried about losing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're worried about looking silly you, you already look <laughs> <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, Aki, your best result was second at nationals, eighty-six kilograms, right? Correct. Yeah. How long ago was that? Two years uh, ago. Yeah, years? yeah. I was overseas when I saw that. <laughs> it was last week. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I think it was a couple of years ago now. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. And I, I got a question. Speaking about um, competing constantly, and giving you the confidence. Why is it that when you take such a long pause, you have that rust when you go back into competition? Condition. Like, like 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 anything else, you're not exposed to that variable. Yeah, you're not mm. exposed to that stress, the crowd comes you know. more like a new environment. Exactly. Again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you have to kind of recondition yourself. Mm. It's kind of like when you've been out of the gym for a while mm. and you used to be able to lift heavy. Mm. Now you can't lift as heavy as that because your nervous system and your muscle yeah. system mm. isn't conditioned to that stimulus. I felt that like a week a week ago before <laughs> the lockdown, and now yeah. I'm going to feel it again, even worse yeah. in six weeks. <laughs> you know what? Actually, in in my own experience, um, I've been you know, applying for certain positions that requires, mm. you know, a lot of stress. And uh, my first, nowadays they're testing people with psychometric testing. Have you guys heard about that? Yeah, I've had to do it before. Yeah, me too. What, how do you, how do you find that? How do you find that? That's like the cognitive aptitude. Cognitive, uh, it's aptitudes, cognitive, literacy, numeracy, under pressure and stress. Yeah. And they, have, they want to see how you handle that as well. Yeah. So how do you find that? Uh, yeah, stressful. Yeah. Totally. Uh, the one, I did one for ACOM. Um, when I was a graduate, I think, or, or maybe I was going for an internship, but yeah, they, they'd kind of turned it into this little game. Yeah. Um, I have you done ones like that. I've, where... I've done, I've done a lot. I've done about six. Yeah. Like okay. Six weeks. Yeah. I've just done the yeah. one. It was kind of like a little theme park and you yeah. got to go to each different oh, area yeah, yeah, that's and right. do all these different, um, the, 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 the city one is right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, the first ones I did when I first arrived back to Australia. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting. Um, where, where do you sit on cognitive aptitude tests as a useful tool for hiring? So funnily enough, the last one I did was two weeks ago. Mm. And the position I'm going for was a professional a currency trader mm -hmm. for a firm. 
And uh, that psychometric test had no games. It was just literally a hundred questions. Mm. Um, and it gave scenarios. And it gave things like, you know, one of them was like you had a group of 10 people um, and each of them were in certain groups, you know, how, how, what's the fast way of getting from A to B from this group? And another one was there was per people around the table and um, if this person's married to that person, which one is single, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And a lot of it has to You'd be good mathematics. at that, you, Will? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more about finding out who's single. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I remember at, at your party, there was a couple of single girls and apparently Lance was like, oh, they were looking at you, but I go, why don't you tell me anything about this, Lance? Oh, I uh, didn't want to say anything, mate. You know? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late anyway, now. <laughs> um, I found it pretty stressful, man. Um, it was, mm. Mine was two hours. That's and long. It, 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 it was. And all these mathematical-based, um, logic-based um, scenarios. Mm. Um, and you had to solve them. And it was 100, right? But I didn't get to finish. And the point of that was... They probably, they probably design it. So design it that way. Yeah. Right? And they also design it um, in a way that if you rush through all of them, it shows that you haven't taken methodical steps mm -hmm. how to address these questions. Mm -hmm. And it shows your, I guess you can say, your, your mental frame. Mm. and how you handle the situation. So they want someone that is able to look at the problem and to be able to, to solve it quickly, but also accurately as well. Yeah. Um, so funnily enough, I you know did really well and I made, made well it done. top 5%. But one Good of the job. hardest things I did, man, like I'd prefer to do my, my business you know, mathematics exam again to do that. Yeah. It was that, 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 that difficult, that stressful. But um, yeah, I mean, it goes same with competition. I've done six of them now and my sixth one was my best one. There you go. My first one was horrible. You know, I did really poorly in that one. I rushed through everything. I made yeah. all those mistakes, and I was. I lost yeah. all my all five matches in my first comp. Dead set. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Zero five. Did not know that, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Pull then up to exactly Queensland to get my ass handed to me. We yelled at. No, I uh, don't think so. Apparently, Sam softened in his old age. I heard yeah. he used to be a lot worse. Um, no, I didn't get yelled at. I I hadn't been wrestling for very long um, when I did my first competition. But yeah, that's it. It gets gets better. It gets better. <laughs> it gets better right? The more exposed you are to it, yeah, the better condition you are, the better you perform. Yeah. How do you go with job interviews? I had to upload a um, a video. Mm. Like, like a video audition mm. um, answering all these questions for yeah, another okay. it was it was for another um, wealth investment trading company mm -hmm. so I put on a suit and I had to answer mm. like six of these questions mm. talk about myself and present myself in a certain way that's hard that you're not actually interacting with exactly I hate that I, hate I, had, that. I had to do an interview like that as well and yeah. questions pop up on the screen it was yeah. timed yeah and you just answer them but um, yeah I find you know I want the interview to be an example for for me to show my skills in a back and forth, you yeah. know, uh, conversation and dialogue as well, yeah. and not just kind of blurt like a monologue. Exactly, mm. it shows a different side of you as well. Mm. I mean, I'm I prefer to interact rather than be given a certain script and talk about certain certain things like that. Mm. Even when I was lecturing and teaching, if I didn't get interaction with students, it stopped my flow straight away. Whereas Right now, which is a, a lot of the club. case with uh, certainly in engineering, you wouldn't get a lot out of the students. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. When I was at uni, um, yeah, they'd throw questions out there, but if you didn't like pick someone, you wouldn't get an answer. I mean, you didn't get anything back. 
diffusion of responsibility, I think, as well. Everyone, yeah. like, I was always taught the less you say, the smarter you look. <laughs> really? It's an interesting philosophy. <laughs> they say that they, they say the uh, the dumbest people have the the most unvalid opinions, you know, mm. and they don't, they don't recognize that they're stupid. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of which, right now the reason we bought Arkin is because you know you're also an accomplished engineer mm. with your own. Um, engineering firm or in a real well, energy company tell us about that sure yeah yeah um so i studied mechanical engineering yeah and i work as a mechanical engineer currently full-time for oricon yeah um and so that's that's that and then i've also on the side got my own company called sapien um which is a business centered around making houses more energy efficient mm. um and yeah it's it's a lot of fun uh a friend and I started it up back in uni. Um, we had our, you know, three month summer break, mm. and I'd applied for an internship and I didn't get it. Um, and I wanted to do something, and I just said to my mate, like, you know, let's let's what try. What do they look for in these internships, by the way? Like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what, um, what kind of personality characteristics are they looking for? Um, I think they're they're looking for people that can work in teams really well. Oh, okay um you know problem solving under mm. pressure i think it might have been that internship actually that i did the cognitive aptitude yeah, test yeah. for um yeah I, i'm not sure to be honest you'd, you'd have to ask them but i certainly being a little bit on the other side of it now yeah so so at oricon i've had you know now the opportunity to just talk to people who actually look at cvs and interview people and that kind of thing and they yeah. talk about the things that they're looking for and one of the things they say at Oricon is they're really looking for, like, show a bit of personality. Yeah. yeah. They're like, nowadays, everyone's got two degrees. Everyone's got That's work experience. Yeah, um, true. Everyone's got a GPA through the roof. Yeah. So how do you separate, you know, exactly. from the crowd? That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's hard and every company is going to be different. But for Oricon, I know some of the people I was speaking to, they want people who show a bit of personality. So I think one person put on their CV... Um, or their cover letter that they could solve a Rubik's cube in sixty seconds. Or <laughs> yeah, and, and wow! So you put that on a CV nowadays, and that's actually like a brownie point plus. Yeah, well, Seriously. yeah. My my boss was she was telling me about it, and she was like, "Yeah, so we got him in for interview because it just sounded really interesting." <laughs> Did you get him to? to <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they put him on the spot. Oh, they should have. Yeah, I don't think they put him on the spot. <laughs> You like come into the interview and they're just a Rubik's cube sitting in the middle of the table and a stopwatch. You're like, oh. I'd do it. Um, yeah, so I don't I know. Say, I think... I'm really good at chess. <laughs> yeah, you can have a game with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, definitely for Oricon, I think they're looking for those kind of, you know, not being scared to show that you're a bit different uh, and that you've got the, you know, perhaps something quirky or, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's a tough game out there if you're looking. For work, you don't. It's hard, hard. You know, trying to put yourself in the mind of your exactly prospective employer. It's hard. We always uh, we spoke about this last time, where um, not everyone has the capabilities to actually look, go out there, look, and find the job. They could be extremely good. Well, at it's what a they skill do. set. It is. It's on its own, right? That's why it might be harder for more difficult for introverts, for example, mm -hmm. compared yeah. to extroverts. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just you know, it's sad, but 
mm. sometimes. And I always look at this in filmmaking. Um, there, uh, the way they pick stories is usually you have to pitch a script, right? So if you can have the best script, yeah. but if you can't pitch it, they could pick something that's a complete shit script, but the person that pitches it- They nailed got, it, yeah. Then they'll pick that script, you know? It's just, it's it sucks because, yeah. you know, but it is what it is, you know? And you don't know uh, what you're gonna get until people work for you for a while. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there are people who interview very, very well, and then, they've worked with you for six months mm. and you realize that they're terrible. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's kind of an inherent flaw in the, in the recruitment process. Yeah. Is you're, you're rolling the dice every time, mm. no matter what it's, you've got a limited amount of time and resources to judge applicants. Mm. What is the most efficient way to sort people into prospective good employees versus not so good. Mm. That's a hard question to answer. Mm. Is a cognitive aptitude test the way to go? Mm. Maybe that's a good filter. Mm. Um, you know, speaking to them in person. Uh, what else? You know, um, and, and I know Oricon. We usually have a probation period as well. So for the first, three months? yeah, three months. I think a lot of places do it. Then, um, yeah, three months. They can get rid of you. No questions Damn. asked. Is it a paid three months? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. A three month a three month contract in filmmaking is big. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Make millions in three months. Yeah. <laughs> three months on, six months off. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I've been out of Australia for the last three years, mm. and most jobs I've had including my teaching one all through connections. Mm. What's the importance of connection this day and age, especially, you know, you guys are a little bit younger than myself. Mm. Um, We're a lot younger than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you might say so. Yeah. I go by relationships. Relationships, yeah, like relationships connections. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, people I, say that, you know, Australia is a, is a land of opportunity, blah, blah, connection, all equal opportunity in the mm. you know, work rights. Mm and non-discrimination, mm. but I reckon it's bullshit. I mean, the amount of jobs you see out mm. there that are advertised, you've already been filled internally, yeah, which is already always made in, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, but that's a, that's a relationship. So if I own a company and you're my best friend, you have a son that wants a job, yeah. I'm gonna come to you and get your son to work here yeah. because we have that relationship. You know, whilst yeah. Arky, if I've never met Arky before, I don't know him, why am I gonna, you know what I mean? But yet you're still required to advertise your, that position yeah. on SEEK, by law. instance. By well, law. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's required to advertise? Isn't that, isn't that like a requirement nowadays? I th oh, maybe they do. You can, maybe they do. Even though it's already been filled internally? Is that know. like for companies over a certain size? Or? Yeah, probably, yeah. Because I, 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 uh, I don't really see how, how you can force companies to exactly. advertise positions exactly. if they want to just pick Higher someone. Internally, yeah. internally. It might be something like creating the illusion, you know? Yeah. Uh, for example, if I'm a company and I want to attract certain workers to put it out there that I'm hiring people and that way people might see it or something. Yeah, that's Talk from the company perspective, but from a yeah. legal perspective. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I can certainly see that, yeah, that, that it might be I don't really like lawyers. What do you think of lawyers again? Leave that in the past. Yeah, my brother just finished his first <laughs> semester. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get him to hear my jokes. Good lawyer jokes. It might be able to violate Harris. I'm sure, yeah, he'd love to hear it. Yes. In court. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what we were saying. Um, we we're talking about companies if they legally had yeah, to. Have oh yeah, to yeah. I can I can see that that would be a thing perhaps in government. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, I didn't know that about private companies. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? I think it's equal opportunity, for That's example. Right. What we're going by, quality. Right. You know, everyone no discrimination. Deserves it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone deserves a fair opportunity yeah. to be able to apply for the position. Yeah, spot on. So right. you're going to advertise them, yeah. therefore it's going to create unequal opportunity. Yeah. But then it's just bullshit. It's just, it's just creating an illusion, you know, wasting people's times. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But the, the thing is, I guess if you go through this process, and you manage to land a job, you know you're serious about this job, you know? Mm. Whilst there are people that sometimes, even after finishing a degree, start working in an industry and realize that that's not for them, mm. you know? And that, mm. that might be a way, I guess, from you know filtering through the crap. You know? Yeah, definitely. And to answer your question on the importance of connections, I think it's huge. Mm. Yeah. It's huge. Um, networking is, is super powerful. Mm. And yeah, it, mu- it must be hard being out of the country mm. for a few years yeah, and coming, coming back. back in. And having to just, you know, these um, cult going in, you know, no, not knowing exactly. any, any people um, and make every time is a first impression. Exactly. Um, that's It's hard. Yeah. And I think connections is huge. Nearly, I think every job I've gotten has been through connections. Yeah, same here. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and you know, I have heard of plenty of people who, plenty of the people who work at Oricon I know just came through the hiring mm. channels um but yeah I, I think it still plays a huge part um i don't know if that'll i don't think it'll ever go away yeah the importance of that um not to say that it's impossible to get jobs through legitimate means it's of course but even, yeah even in a in a equal opportunity kind of like australia yeah you know there is still some kind of unequal opportunity due to the fact that some people have more connection than other people mm. and influence well so at Oricon now, we have an assessment center. Really? And it's like, you have to do, obviously they're not doing it right now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have to do like group activities. They have to do something. They get, I think they get like an innovation challenge. Mm-hmm. And then they're just looking at how they all interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of looking for people who are confident enough to put their ideas forward, um, but also receptive to other information and not mm. so dominant that that stifles other well, perfectly legitimate ideas. Yeah. So trying to find this kind of, you know, person who can work in a team, but is yeah, able to put things forward. And mm. yeah, so, which, yeah, I, I didn't have to do the assessment center. Um, it didn't exist when I started at Oricon, but that sounds super stressful. <laughs> you know what it is, you know what it's from, they know, me completing my MBA right now, the whole new talk nowadays is improving uh, the organization of the business uh, by not creating a culture of hard work necessarily mm. um, and process of systems, but also enforcing a sense of innovation. Mm. That's what's going to create competitive advantage, core promises of the business, mm. is by being more innovative and having that positive culture. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I think. That oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's hard to implement. Um, yeah. You know, how do you get people to be more innovative and create a culture where you have a lot of those people yeah with the same with the same kind of mindset uh behavior types well you know absolutely yeah and the same drive towards working towards a common goal mm. yep yeah. yep no I, I think yeah definitely you need you know disruptors you know there's so many innovative disruptors that seem to skyrocket into some of the most successful companies in the world now mm. so we spoke before about uh your thoughts on that elon musk and tesla yeah Tell mr. Me what musk. About that, mr musk yeah. um yeah i don't know i've i've had mixed feelings lately i've i've always um you know from what i have seen and heard and been exposed to i'd always been a big fan um i yeah. think the guy's done amazingly well yeah to, to I... revolutionize um that industry well, the, yeah, the car industry is exactly. super mature and competitive. And yeah. to, to come onto the scene 
And now I think it was, it's more valuable than Toyota, or it was for a minute there. Yeah. I mean, the price well, is pretty their volatile. Their share price now is, is more than Amazon at one stage, I think it is now. Right, per yeah. share. Per share, even though um, they weren't profitable for a long time. So in terms of the balance sheet, income statement, and cash flow, yeah. and the fundamentals of the company, it did not suit the current price that it was trading at. But because yeah. there was so much popularity behind what he was doing and the revolution he was creating and the business model that he was presenting, mm. everyone seemed to be jumping on board and buying Tesla shares. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, and so I've heard conflicting information and so I don't yeah, know yeah. I don't know where I sit now. But um, yeah, it's incredible what he's done with SpaceX, Tesla, PayPal. Um, you know, this guy is clearly incredibly driven, mm. um, incredibly hardworking, knows how to make money. He knows, yeah. Um, and knows how to create a culture as well. Knows how to run a business and sure. motivate people. Sure, yeah. 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 So, and then, I don't know, and then I hear these kind of converse stories saying that, like, Tesla has succeeded in spite of Elon and not because of him. And so, I don't know what information is more reliable mm -hmm. Um, and then he, he's such a Twitter troll. Like he seems. I love tro Twitter trolls. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like it too. I liked the, I love the controversy and like that shock factor, man. Like it's something different, you know? Yeah. Like I liked yeah. the, the 420, thinking about going private of 420 yeah. and all this other kind of like bullshit that he's done. Um, but then the like, I, I saw Kanye West, you know, announced his candidacy for president and elon musk threw his support in and it was like so elon musk was backing kanye for presidency well that is that, yeah he was like i fully Dude. support you but he he was trolling <laughs> yeah, 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 you know because yeah, then yeah, yeah. this article popped up i can't remember what it was or something like kanye is you know kind of running i think a pro-life platform so anti-abortion anti yeah. and there was something else controversial i can't remember yeah. and then elon tweeted again being like we may have more differences of opinion than I initially realized. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Nowadays, controversy and publicity stunts yeah. sells. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to get a lot of people to follow you or hate you, but either way, you're getting a lot of exposure. Mm. Yeah. There are some people that are just natural trolls, but like Norm MacDonald. If you know who Norm MacDonald no. is, he's a comedian. Um, yeah. He used to write on SNL, was on SNL, mm. uh, a Canadian comic, but he is just so savage. He's generally one person that just writes jokes and does not give a fuck. Like he just trolls, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and he's so funny. I highly encourage yeah. anyone to listen to Norm MacDonald. Okay. Um, and back on to Elon Musk, though, I heard something that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that the company or him that has uh, some land here in Australia. Is that there true? There is a Tesla actually was offered... Um, a certain position mm. at a Tesla company in Adelaide, South Australia. Okay, they were they were hiring. Right. So I, th I, I heard that they own some some land here and they've got some solar panels and stuff oh okay over there. Yeah, right. Which yeah, Are, they're running lithium, right? I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The batteries. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, yeah, yeah. I think they're lithium batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm um, no expert. No expert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The battery in South Australia that he built has been a big success. Really? South Australia, yeah. yeah. I remember um, soon after they'd built it or a while after they'd built it some i think it was in new south wales they had some power outage or surge or i don't know what happened mm -hmm. and the battery like kicked in and fixed it and no that's and, right yeah. and no one even knew that the battery could do that yeah that's not what it was for <laughs> and it just like <laughs> detected something was wrong and like fixed so it it. Was an, it was an extra kind of feature of the battery that no one recognized before and they're just yeah they didn't know that they came with it that's amazing yeah i thought that was awesome yeah because the reason i ask is like you know you and I are both avid investors. Um, 
likes to invest in shares and so do you. Mm. And you're a big believer in ethical investment investing. Take talk to us about that. <laughs> yeah. Half the shit in this world's not ethical. Everything we have. Especially when it comes to, you know, I don't know what you believe in regarding this yeah. kind of capital capital society and the free mm. market, so forth and so mm. forth. And you know, people exploiting other people for labor and certain fraudulent investment yeah. and profiting um, the external country and that kind of stuff. But I mean I believe when it comes to like investing and when it comes to giving to charity, whatever you do may only be a small drop in the ocean, but it's still helping of some of some It's the intention. Sort, right? it's yeah, intention. Exactly, exactly. You give to a charity and they go stealing the money. Yeah. It's not that, you know, you, you, who knows that half of them don't do that. Exactly. But the thing is, it's your intention that you're trying to help, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what's important. And, it, right? and if you stick to your belief, and that's yeah. all you can do, because you can't control what the rest yeah, of other the people do, two yeah. million people in, yeah. um, mm. in Australia are going to be doing, but at least if you control your actions and what you put your money into, Mm. Focus on the things you can control. Exactly. Then you are creating some kind of difference. Mm. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like a super uh, savvy trader or anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to invest a little bit. And I, you know, didn't really want to put any money into fossil fuels. I wanted to focus on things that were more renewable. Mm. Um, so I just did a bit of research and found um, Australian ethical and it's just an ethical investment fund. It's just awesome. a managed fund. So I don't, I'm awesome. not, you know, mm. I don't do anything yeah. myself. Um, that's it. Yeah, it just, it just sits there and, and, and ticks along. And I just put a bit of money in it every month. But um, yeah, it was, it was just important to me that my money was working towards things that are aligned with my values. Mm. Um, and that was, was how I could do it and, you know, live with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hence you creating Sapien, which is a... A yeah. Solar panel company, re re renewable energy. Yeah, would yeah. You want to branch out from there? Like, what's your long term? Yeah. Goal for the company. So right now, our, our, what we principally do is draft proofing. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. So so when we, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. When we started it up, my, my mate and I, because we were studying engineering, we we're both super into efficiency, and we're also both super into environmentalism and, and sustainability. And we awesome. thought, let's just have a crack at starting something up, and we just came up with a bunch of ideas. Some of them were awesome. Some of them were stupid. They're, everything was on the table, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of came up with, what, what we wanted to offer was this kind of just step-by-step -step, uh, journey, making your home uh, carbon neutral. Awesome. And so, they, you know, we did a bunch of research and all the different steps and everything was saying the first step is draft proofing. Mm -hmm. So then we're like, all right, let's, you know, looked at a lot of different business gurus and they were all like, what's your minimum viable product speed to market? Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, you know, draft proofing is super accessible. Anyone can do it. It's not rocket mm -hmm. science. Um, supposedly makes a big difference. And then we started it up. The feedback we got was awesome. People are like, my heater hardly switches on, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we're still kind of uh, on that journey. We, we, we never ended up building it into something um, that was that, you know, that comprehensive thing that we wanted to do. Uh, but we're kind of more focusing on the passive uh, side of things. So improving the passive performance of a home through draft proofing, through insulation, uh, LED lights, that kind of stuff. Mm. So um, more dealing on the side of reducing your energy use upfront mm. rather than offsetting it with solar panels and that kind of stuff. So we're not, not in that space yet. Maybe we'll go there. Is maybe there a high demand won't. for it at the moment, like competition-wise, than a market analysis kind of thing? 
Um, we did at the start. I haven't done one lately, but uh, it's fairly small market uh, in terms of competitors. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of people doing draft proofing. A few new ones do seem to be popping up now. Mm. Um, it's becoming a little bit more vogue and something you know more councils are doing it and more people are getting interested in it. Um, but yeah, we've we've been busier than ever lately, which is mm, that's great. awesome. Yeah, I've got a question. Um, mm. When I was at your place, we were talking about. Um, some changes you made to your SEO and then getting yeah. another company to do, you know, all the work there. Yeah. How has that impacted your company? Oh, I think it's impacted it a lot. Yeah. yeah. So we were, you know, we had a website and everything, but I think we were five pages into a Google search for draft mm. proofing. And now we're in like the top three results, mm. yeah. I think. I think if you search draft proofing company, we're number one now. Nice. So um, it's all got to do with how many times you've been searched that will improve your, your, your listing. Right? Yeah, well, there's a lot more to that than yeah. just the back end. There's, mm. you know, I know, I know companies, companies that I worked for, they have a full team that ensure that, for example, if any company say facing a lawsuit or something, mm. that there's an article that one of the companies do on them, that they try to push that shit back down as far as possible because oh, like really? anti search. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, saying, but they do. So it. Companies can, do that. Wow. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, but it takes you know a lot of I guess time and money. Is, so is that, is that coding or is that? Uh, to I don't know. I'm not in the field, but yeah. you know, one of the companies I was working for recently they had something in the articles and that's what they were teaming up to do to try to push that shit back you know mm. um but yeah no I, I thought it was interesting because i'm always whenever i um you know create a new website or something you always get some companies calling you and asking if you need some help with the seo marketing and research and all that stuff and i'm thinking is it worth or viable for smaller businesses to get into it you know like what do you think is mm. the minimum that they should allocate to that you know because i know that you know obviously the more time money etc you pump into your business yeah. the better you know results you will get but as a starting company like how do you remember how everything was before you started getting on board yeah i wish i'd done it a long time ago yeah i wish we'd done it at the start um you know and and it's hard because there's a few different factors so um but to to give you an example so before we started search engine optimization we we're averaging perhaps one job a month mm. sometimes less mm. um where it's, it's a bit seasonal we're a bit mm. busier in winter and a bit quieter in summer mm um right sense. now with i'm doing it at least one job a week wow if not and you, more you, you literally outsourced the seo optimization to someone or you doing yeah that? no i didn't do any of it so okay. yeah we got uh impressive digital on board mm. and they've been doing our search engine optimization for us and yeah i mean so i've been learning a little bit about it i, I don't fully understand the ins and out of it and i know google often changes their algorithms and yeah. then they have to change their That's approach the, yeah. but i mean the fundamental thing is is the content on your website relevant to certain search terms mm. so when people search a term and then they click on your website do they stay there and interact with your website so was it valuable to them based on that search term and so they one thing they did is they crammed my website full of relevant keywords mm. so now you know the word draft proofing i don't know how many times <laughs> it appeared yeah. In there before. In the website. Like, in the yeah. website, yeah. yeah. Actually, in the website. Now there's like, you know, bits of text everywhere. And it's like draft roofing, draft roofing, draft roofing, draft roofing Melbourne, draft roofing Melbourne, draft roofing Melbourne. Right. And so then Google's robots trawl through your website and, you know, index all of these words and relate them to search terms. Yeah. Don't really know what I'm talking about here. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then when someone searches draft roofing Jesus. Melbourne, they're like, well, this website has draft roofing Melbourne everywhere mm. and then if someone actually clicks it 
and then they make a booking, Google's mm. like, this is relevant to people searching this term. And then I think the other thing is, so Google, I think it ranks you on sort of relevancy and trustworthiness. Yeah. So, and I think trustworthiness is built through backlink. So the more links you have to your website from other mm. businesses, um, so we've been doing a bit of work with Port Phillip City Council. So I think nice. they've linked back to our website now, which makes you know Google think we're more trustworthy. Mm. And I think um, SEO agencies will have relationships with various kind of blogs and mm. news sites and stuff that will then link back to your website as well to help build trust with Google. I think that's the main kind of things, keywords, backlinks and then you know there are other ways if you want to like video content is looked on pretty favorably now by google i think if you can have video content in your website which we don't have i've, I've made some draft oh, videos i know a guy oh, to, to make some video content. You, can, you can help me out with yeah, that that's yeah. it. great great i've got the plugins love it yeah. love it yeah so yeah but no so we we found that it's been a huge help for the company um we've been getting a ton more work and you know the amount that we attribute to the seo is hard to quantify because uh there are so many factors one it's now winter and our job started kicking in two people are spending a lot more time at home now mm. because of lockdowns and then the third factor is the search engine optimization so to kind of to know what's what is quite hard but um i think you know the sheer number of online bookings that we're getting now for audits um, is mm. showing that the SEO is working. And yeah, I think- How much are you investing in terms of paying for all this per month? Uh, it's about 1,200 a month. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's, that's quite a substantial. That's been yeah. To get the, re the return on investment. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, nothing to sniff at, but mm. um, yeah. But I think it's worth it. And then, you know, the benefits are long-term. You know, you, you pay for some SEO it's now true, yeah. and hopefully, you know, you get to see those results for a long time. And, you know, you might need to get a touch up every now and then, but it's a bit like steroids. They just say with like the growth growth hormones and stuff like that, you've got results like even when you stop it, like, yeah. it continues. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's it's an after 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 the effect. Yeah. 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 So no, that's that's my piece. You got yeah. investors on the board at the moment, Ark, or what's your no nothing. No, no investors on board at the moment. Would you need investors or? um not right oh, now at the moment i guess you know long term yeah so longer term what i really want to get into building sustainable houses instead awesome. of just yeah. retrofitting them yeah um i think that'd be really cool so i know um th there's different like standards for mm -hmm. super sustainable houses there's one called passive house yeah which is probably one of the most stringent energy efficiency standards for structures that exists yeah. today i think it came out of germany and it's mm. um, be good <laughs> yeah it's really really stringent you know um i think there's kind of like six core principles around air tightness thermal bridging insulation glazing um mm. a couple of other points i can't remember heat recovery ventilation mm. um and yeah so um, i don't know i'm kind of i like that and um i'm thinking maybe down the track i'd love to get into yeah actual like construction and um robotics what are your thoughts on that i'm thinking not too much into it oh yeah for sure um you know that's pretty capitally intensive so probably yeah. wouldn't be something we would start with yeah um but yeah i'm certainly interested in prefabrication mm. and i feel like more markets are going to move like trend towards prefabrication mm. being able to build it off-site um you know you, you feel like you can build it so much better quality 
um, you know, if you're building like a wall, for example, and you just can lie it down, mm-hmm. make sure everything's per- like lay down your airtight membrane, make sure it's all perfect, tested, no thermal bridging, truck it out to site. And I think it's the same for commercial construction as well. Mm-hmm. So more kind of what I do at Oricon with engineering, I think the market is slowly trending towards more prefabrication. And mm-hmm. here you're talking about, um, you know, if we need to put in a riser, mm-hmm. which is... 10 15 stories high and it's all of this these pipes and ducts and stuff if you can build it on the ground it's so much safer you can do a better job and then crane it in um and yeah i think that's where the market's going to go and so yeah for residential housing i'd I'd be interested i think you know you hear about kind of like the jigsaw houses Mm. and that kind of stuff where they just put all the take all the pieces on the side and assemble it there and it goes up do you think there, there are any um i guess negative negative uh i know that a lot of like you said a lot of volume domestic volume builders they have the frame already assembled or already assembled drop there and the carpenters just nail everything together mm. do you reckon there are any flaws in that or? um i don't know none that i can think of off the top of my head i'm not yeah. super close to this yeah. industry right now um it's just something i want to get into but uh the way i see it it seems like mostly advantages to yeah. do prefab and then move it in but yeah, so moving into that space would probably would maybe be something where we'd consider getting investors on board because it's yeah. much more capitally intensive mm. to try to start something like that up than it is to build the robot itself. You know, it's quite. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're talking about um, fabricating with robotic mm. assistance, I think to start with, we'd probably still just like we'd, it'd be prefabricated with manual labor. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's that's a space that I'm, you know, that excites me, and that's when I'm at my best. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm keen to to look into that. But um, right now, I'm just focusing on our core business and building oh, that up. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I've, I've thankfully I've trained up a couple of guys now that I can send out to do the job. So I was always doing the jobs. Oh wow. Yeah, which is which was really slowing the business down because yeah. especially I work full time as well. Mm. And so I can, you know, if people want it during the week, I've got to work out how am I going to do this or, you know, I'm trying to push them all the weekends so then I can only do a job a week yeah. on the weekends. And so I've kind of, I've just kind of crossed this threshold. I had a guy doing a job for me today and I wasn't there. That was kind of the first time I've had that. It was pretty cool. Mm. And so now I feel like I'm in a position where I can grow our business mm. a lot more because, um, you know, my time will be spent on growing the business instead of doing the groundwork, mm. going out and doing the jobs. How are you hiring these guys, by the way, speaking of... Um, just people that I know. Just through pure connections. Exactly. You don't, you're not putting up an ad on Seek or... No, nothing. Ad Zoom or something. Nothing, yep. Yeah, it was just... Um, so my family is in the theatre industry. My okay. dad uh, has the Australian Shakespeare Company mm-hmm. and they get a lot of guys to do, you know, some manual labour and that kind of thing. A lot of them are actors mm. who don't have a lot of work at the moment because um, oh, the entertainment industry has yeah. been gutted. Um, of and so, yeah, so that they've got exposure to a lot of, um, you know, great guys that are hard workers and are very handy. Um, they and, don't need an engineering background? Nope. Nope. Really? Yep. Nah, not at all. Um, it's, you know, it's not, it's not crazy complicated and I'm not a particularly handy person. The people I hire are better at draft proofing than I am. Really? Yeah. I'm not, um, you know, I didn't really grow up like fixing a lot of crap. I was so going to say like yeah. engineers are really usually yeah. good tinkerers, right? They understand yes. mechanics. 
Sure, yeah, but I, I didn't. Um, of that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do a whole but, lot of that. But engineers are engineers; they're not carpenters. Mm. So I think that's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, I sit in front of a computer for like yeah. eight hours a day. So yeah, I, and you know, I think that's a good hiring philosophy as well. Try to hire people that are better than you at what you want them to do. Yeah, that's what Musk is good at as well. Mm. I for sure. Yeah, he, he said that statement about um, I may not have um, a PhD. But I have people that work for me that do have PhDs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Hire the, the yeah. skills but, you need. But you need to hire the right people because I realized, like, I got a friend of mine. He he owns a, a roof tile business, right? Mm. And he he even says that he can't essentially not work because if he takes a day off, his workers will slack off. Not saying that you they're not hard workers. Well. well, that's the thing. How do you mm. know that you know unless you you know your workers that they're gonna you know break their balls for you? You know what I mean? Like it's hard. People, yeah, you gotta, you gotta hire people within the same well, mindset and culture. Yeah, but that, that's that's and yeah. you have to ingrain that from the get go as well. It's a two way street exactly. as well. Like you need to invest in your workers if you want yeah. them to invest in your business. Human capital. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, so we recently partnered with Enviroflex, which is an insulation company, and it was fascinating speaking with the CEO of that company yeah. about her philosophy with her workers. So, yeah. insulation companies for in the resi world, it's typically everyone's casual. Um, and you remember the whole insulation scheme that the the government did, and all these people were just like leaving it was like free they'd come and insulate your roof but they were doing a crap job yeah. and just leaving insulation everywhere yeah um and i think you know in a lot of ways there wasn't a huge culture of people who were proud of the work that they mm. were doing it was just Slept rock up you know do the bare minimum go home i'm sure this is you know i'm massively generalizing here mm. but um and so she stepped in as ceo of enviroflex and i don't know what enviroflex was like before she stepped in but she saw everyone was on casual. She immediately, she put everyone on full time. Mm. Um, she sent them all to various trainings and started investing in them and showing them that That's she, awesome. you know, That's and then exactly right. right. So, you know, it's a, it's a two-way street. Mm. You can't just expect um, your employees to, you know, want to Get, you can't expect to get like discretionary effort in the yeah. forms of hard work. Invest in them, yeah, right? it's, it's a two-way street. Finger and, and forcing them to work. And that's, yeah, that's what being a you know a, a hard downline boss yeah. mm. that will be an actual effective leader. Exactly right. Yeah. So it was awesome getting her take on that and, and hearing that. I think it's something to remember, and especially you know if you're a founder of a business, you. You don't understand why people aren't as like excited about it as you. Like, why would they? Yeah, it's not. Interest. It's not their baby. Yeah, exactly. This is your baby. You know, you're you're a hundred percent in. If you can find someone who's eighty percent in, mm. you've struck gold. Yeah. You can't expect anyone to have the same level of passion yeah. and enthusiasm and commitment that you do for your own business. It's not their business. Yeah. I mean, I've had a, a recent event where lack someone's lack of commitment and the lack of action and lack of decisiveness and directness mm. actually threw me off and tainted my perception of being able to work for that business. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to say like, yeah. if your worker is more motivated and good to go than you and you're just being wishy-washy, mm. that's also a turn off as well. Yeah, You know, absolutely. So you have to be able to hire someone and, and, and actually depict that as a genuine trade itself. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So I think that's very, very important. Mm. Yeah. That's... Same thing when it comes to coaching. Mm. Mm. Speaking of which, we we were going to talk about life coaching, but uh, just to wrap it up, 
um, we were talking about pyramid schemes as part of our topic. So uh, yeah, let's talk about your pyramid scheme, Mark. Because you're the guest of honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually have like a super exciting opportunity. I wanted to talk to you guys. About. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Herbalife. Uh, <laughs> Sign me up. I just. <laughs> What's the other one? So there's Herbalife and uh, My, My, My Health? Or? There's, a, there's a few of them. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I know we haven't spoken in ages. But... <laughs> 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 I just wanted to see you how you've been doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate it. It's hilarious. Um, but it's, yeah, totally predatory. Network marketing. Network marketing. You know, there's so many words for it now to make it less illegal. Mm. Um, and you know these kind of loopholes where they kind of have a product as well yeah. as it being a pyramid scheme. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been invited to many yeah. pyramid schemes. It's always a good laugh, um, and I love you know when an old high school friend reaches out. Yeah, yeah. out of nowhere, <laughs> out of the blue, yeah. with a great opportunity for you. Um, but yeah, I mean you only have to dig like for five minutes to see mm. what it is, yeah. and. Um, I think it's, it was because I, I I was googling pyramid schemes and like what's what's wrong with them. I think it's like as soon as you like, <laughs> well, as soon as you got so like six yeah. layers yeah. deep or something, it's like greater than the population of Earth. If exactly. every one of those people recruited six people, mm. it's just like to- a totally unstable uh, business structure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So nah. Not not a fan. <laughs> I, I, I've had it three times. I've had two people from high school. Both yeah. of them haven't seen in like eight, ten years in between. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing they ask is, oh, hey, how's wrestling going? And generally when someone asks me how's wrestling going, are you still wrestling, are you still training, still, mm. I'm wrapped because not yeah. only, a lot of times, you know, even though you know someone, they'll ask, oh, how's boxing or how's, how's MMA? <laughs> and they, they, they don't, they don't, uh, remember or have an understanding mm. of wrestling mm. do you know what I mean so when someone asks you uh, and pinpoints you know wrestling mm. how is it going you're wrapped so you catch up with these people and it's always the same thing I had one for some flights and I had the Herbalife and I also the the last one that I got or the second or second last one that I got was an actor that I met on a um, on a film set yep. same thing as Manny as you train you you know I see yeah. you, you, ears this that that you know you've been you know are you still exercising I'm like no you know I'm getting back to training want to lose weight he gets Manny gets Let's catch up for coffee and we'll talk about something, blah, blah, blah. It was, uh, it was uh, I think it was for Herbalife. But this guy, believe it or not, I went, I watched um, a TV show, just like a snippet on on, um, on Channel 7 or whatever it was. It was one of those bullshit shows, um, like, you know, like, like a reality TV show, not like the Bachelorette kind of thing. Um, but he was actually one of, he was an actor that was on one of the things. Um, and it was so funny. After, mm. it was probably about two years later, I see him on one of them shows and I'm like, you fucking full of shit you know mm. and yeah but another thing i realized that all of the guys that approach me like this and this appeals from people that are involved in pyramid schemes people that are life coaches a lot of like fake mentors stuff like that a lot of them come out so nice and humble and everything but they are the biggest snakes they just want to use you capitalize on you know exactly. whatever you have and Perfect. and i realized and that this is what i'm saying someone like our coach sam parker he's the way he's in front of you is exactly the same. He was, yeah, but the he's thing real. is, <laughs> he's genuine. He's, he's around throat. It was he's, shit yeah, out. Oh, hey, thank you. He's <laughs> no, honestly, he's genuine. But the thing yeah. is, it, it's just unbelievable. You know, like yeah. I said, you'd expect that you know people that are the, the most full of shit to be all you know aggro or mm. whatever it is, but it's mm. not, the, not the case, man. They they know how you know that they you know they might have an education or be mm. smart when they speak, but they're really they're just stupid. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the one thing I'd say about that is I, I'm not 
sure that they all have nefarious intent. Yeah. You know, some of but these people. Across, so it's inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. You well, see? but they're believers, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. They bought in. You know, yeah, unless you're at the top, you yeah. you know, they're like they're like, look what this has done for me. Like yeah. this is going to be great for you. Yeah. But this is another thing. This is where, for example, like mm. life coaches, I see that everyone's situational background is different. Mm. Someone that is a CEO or has been a CEO for multiple companies mm. that you know has done well. Um, and goes and starts like a you know like a life coaching masterclass or whatever it is. Um, they people the average you know average person won't have the same opportunities as they have had. You know whether it be from the background through the relationships through the connections and stuff like that. Mm. So they're already at an advantage coming in. I'm not saying that people won't benefit from listening to a few people, mm. but they forget that just because this person was a CEO for this company, that company, that company, you forget that he might have came from a different circumstance. Mm. You know mm. you know a, a privilege circumstance whether it be financial um their relationships who their influence. family are influence all these things you know what i mean and that's you know people completely forget that you know mm. one yeah. you know a, an example i know um a, a big company that um that have um that produce like low in low indie films mm. um you know people always talk about this company and say that you know this the ceo or the producer he makes you know small movies that are, that are two million dollars each and you know raise a hundred plus million in the box office but they forget that this producer was an executive producer for a major company before that mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so he has the relationships he knows the system mm. do you know what i mean he's exactly. not just some random person that started a company privilege you know what i mean that is privilege. it's yeah. experience it's it's the relationships it's everything yeah. that we've been talking about that their background is mm. different to our background do you know what i mean so you know, I'm you can't get some person from St Albans and get him in, you know, to jump into a company, you know, unless he goes through a certain phase, you know, or or a journey, a you know, stage, yeah, you know, goes through certain processes, yes, gets him back to the mm. culture, you mm. know. But the thing is, like, you know, there are two things in this life where we can't change, you know, where we're born and who our family is, you know. But aside from that, you know, you can tell your own story, but yeah. it's just, you know, they have a big impact on, you know, your I mean, outcome, you know. Coming from the Middle East, um, yeah. I start to really appreciate how much Australia, mm. you know, and this culture has in terms of providing somewhat of an equal opportunity. Yes, yeah, spot on. You know, so it's easier for you know guys from the West Side, for instance, mm. like us, and being able to make our way in the top, you mm. know, at least have a decent career, mm. build your own company, and also create a create, create a good life. You know, mm. Compared to other parts of the world, where it's a lot harder to do. Yeah, that. spot on. If you haven't got the the, the financial means, mm. like, you know, in terms of connections. Mm. Um, yeah so there's like a, a is there a lot less like kind of um social equal opportunity movement? yeah just that's, yeah my so, old man said the same thing is what i love about this country is that you know um like in bosnia where my family are from it from um if you're a farmer there's a high chance that your children gonna are going to be farmers you know what i mean and that's whilst, why that was like 100 years exactly ago, like whilst that. whilst here you know you, you know people that are first generation they had mm. the opportunity to go mm. and study through hex and other things so they could do to become want, an you know? engineer exactly yeah, to work in high finance whilst to in, work in film production whilst, mm. whilst in bosnia mm. i had a, a cousin of mine that i had a chat with when i went back in 2017 and i asked him how he was doing you know is he studying he goes now nah. he goes he's just got to work and i go you know how come you're not going to uni he goes oh because my my brother's in austria now studying and you know, my family don't have enough money to send me there you know oh, which is that's what i'm saying whilst yeah. here every kid here mm. can if they can you know, study. if they don't make a mistake they can go to uni you know mm. and that's it yeah so is it is it kind of um a lack of financial assistance that's the biggest barrier There's, yeah is there, are there like cultural barriers also, um no mentally it's as well i mean yeah. it's, it's their mindset it is, they're conditioned to be that way yeah okay you know? so long story short if if you come from a certain economic mm. and cultural background mm. 
there's more chance of you perpetuating mm. that in the mm. future compared to you from an affluent background. Exactly. But not only that, like we said, the, the, the country here, this Australia is beautiful regards, you know, healthcare, um, mm. you know, education, Education-tree. whilst, you know, other countries. And the class are, system isn't yes. that strong here compared to other countries. In the yeah. World. We can yeah. actually feel it and see it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, which is a poor, you know, like economic outcome too. Mm. To not uh, give people the opportunity to transition, whether it's laterally or up and down yeah. through mm. society to where they can add the most value um, is crazy. Of course. And you're just yeah. stunting the potential mm. of the country. Exactly. Um, yeah, you should, you know, yeah, definitely. E- equal opportunity is one, it's morally, you know, a, great (laughs) and two it makes massive economic and financial sense yeah i mean like we talk you know for instance in terms of economics the free market theory Mm. right um some people believe some people don't it means that the ones that have the greatest advantage producing a certain product or a certain service should be given that you know Mm. it makes the world economy more and more efficient Mm. you know so if for instance australia is really good at producing iron ore Mm. let australia produce iron ore and and, and distribute that to countries like Mm. i don't know china for instance Mm. right and the same thing when it comes to within a national level, you know, if ARC is the best producing solar panels, mm. well, how we utilize that and, and put it in that position, how is the best creating video content, mm. utilize that, you know, invest in that, mm. you know, and not stifle mm-hmm. this potential chance to, to contribute to society. Yeah. Altogether. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I certainly feel there are, uh, is things that the free market needs assistance of correcting course. for. There is always positive and negative when it comes That's to That's it, policy. yeah. And it's about, I think I think most people kind of tend to agree on some fundamental principles and just disagree on drawing the line mm. for a mixed economy. Implementation as well, mm. right? Um, the way you implement a policy will dictate you know, the mm. effectors of that policy. Yeah. And we can also talk about that organization level. Mm. You know, you may have a great, you know, uh, policy, to, policy to, to to mentor and develop your staff, mm-hmm. but if management isn't pushing that on the on the company itself, mm-hmm. or you're pocketing the money, you know, or not promoting that culture, it's not going to be implemented that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there are, there are negative externalities in the free market that need to be corrected for. One of the biggest ones being carbon emissions. Of course, a huge negative Exploitation externality as well. You know, if mm-hmm. if one country is willing to to create very, very low, low wages to produce mm. something. Yeah. Give the example of China. Mm. Um, it doesn't make it right because it's going to potentially keep those wages to be down, mm. you know, because it's their environment. So Western countries want to start to, to, to outsource all their manufacturing to China because it's cheap, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of exploitation of human labor. Yeah. Mm. If that makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, terrible and something we should try to correct for. And the good thing about Australia as well is the fact that we do have a minimum wage standard mm. and we have a industry standard wages. Yeah, and our minimum wage is reasonably high. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's hard to understand yeah. compared to, um, yeah, levels across the globe. And not only that, not many countries, for example, in Australia, laborers, mm. you, can, you can become a laborer in a commercial style without a degree or an education. Mm. Aside from, no, with a laborer, you don't even need a trade. If you're a qualified tradesman, you have to do a four-year, um, but you a laborer in this mm. nation can earn you know 30, 40, 50 bucks an hour, exactly, which is crazy, you know. Because mm. yeah, if you try in, that in the Middle East, yeah, you know, in, in Bosnia they make less yeah, than three bucks right. an hour. A laborer makes three less than three bucks an hour, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Or in Southeast Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah and that's how you end up with that vicious poverty cycle exactly. where exactly you're so stuck in the hamster wheel yeah. just to survive and, then, and then what happens is your son becomes a laborer then he has mm. the same life then your grandson becomes a laborer yeah and this is what happens yeah you know when you don't give people the opportunity to, to mm. rise above that that's it yeah if if nothing else you need a minimum wage to more efficiently allocate people to jobs where they are most talented. Yeah, mm. because going to create more efficient economy. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, if you, I mean, if you have people stuck in this poverty trap, I mm. think you know it's maybe yeah, you're getting a lot of work out of them, but I don't think it's the most efficient and way to produce wealth yeah. for a nation. Yeah, in terms of longevity, anyway. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's not a, not a good long term strategy. I don't think so. Anyway, I'm sure there's. A lot of people would argue against a minimum wage, but mm. that's a whole nother conversation. Gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> it's been an awesome hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap. Let's it. thank Aki for coming on board. That was some amazing content you've produced for us, and thank you. For thank you for having me. Again. Pleasure Aki, to be here. Thank you Thanks. so much, mate. Harris. Thank you again. Oh, Will, thank you so much and, for coming. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is our end of the segment for Hughes Wakes T Bone Steaks. Stay tuned. There'll be much more of this in the next few weeks. <laughs> take care. Thanks.